Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Driven Few with Al Hamid, where we align with those driven individuals to learn as to how they get it all done, both with family and business. I'm your host, of course, Al Hammond, and I'm blessed to work alongside of those high-performance individuals, learning as to how they dive in and get it all done, selling both as a leader in their business, their family, and also their faith. Out of the truck this time, guys, and back into the office, as you can tell, for those of you that get to see this with my homie, the lion over my shoulder, and the other lion on the other end of this call, this video call, is a brother that came into town from the Pacific Northwest to continue his real estate endeavors. Among the many reasons why Jared is on The Driven Few today is to kind of share with our audience his knowledge relative to all things real estate, as I consider him to be one of the subject matter experts. And obviously, having been in or around real estate essentially my entire life, Jared, I I know and believe that you're going to receive that as a compliment. So the other piece that I wanted to really honor and edify Jared on is not only his success within the real estate arena, but doing that and doing that in the world of and, you know, when you chat about that all the time, that's something that's very, very big and near and dear to me. It's, it's great for you to be ninja level success, get all the zeros in your bank account. I certainly don't want to marginalize anybody that's put efforts into doing that, but doing that while maintaining the relationship that I know that he has stewarding his family with his wife, Bet and his two champions, I already know. So without further ado, one of the best real estate investors I know, Mr. Jared Galdi. Jared, welcome, brother. Man. All that honor. I appreciate you so much, man. I received that. It's like one of those things where you you dive into all of life like we do, going hard, and we're intentional in so many different directions. And I feel like I'm in a season of life where I will receive that honor in real estate. Glad to receive that. But it's one of those things where you know, I don't see myself that, as that authority, I feel like, as others see me. And so I received that from you. That's new in my life, being around champions like yourself and like us in the King's Council, man, where Sometimes you don't see what God's done in your life uh, without amazing people around you and receive that. And I certainly do love my family. So the living in the end is huge. I love how you put that. I've always put it where family comes first, but I love how you put it living in the end. And I want all the end. Let's go. That's it, brother. Let's talk about the end, man. Let's share a little bit. I know you've got, a, as we all do, a colorful background a unique history, man. So you just want to kind of dive in and share a little bit about yourself with the audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of what's on your heart. Yeah, appreciate that. So I would say my journey started, you know, we'll start before I met God and I grew up a long ways from God. I think uh, a long ways from church. The way I looked at church throughout my high school years was that youth group was a decent place to pick up chicks, but I didn't know anything about God, you know? And so later in life and, and my wife and I have been together 20 years since shortly after high school. Later in life, when it became very apparent that God was real, you know, I directed my relentless passion towards something bigger than me and got out of my own way, got out of the got out of the ego headspace and, you know, started living for other people. And so, you know, where God found me, that coincided with the same time when we started building the family. Bet and I, we had Liam in 2010, my first son. And it was around that time where I feel like it was I can look back and it was almost kind of like a midlife crisis. Like I really, really, really wanted a mission in life and I wanted a purpose and a plan and all those things. And I felt like I was kind of spinning my wheels. And so, you know, one day that all kind of culminated. And one morning it was very, very, very apparent to me that I was called to more. And I get to my office, I'm selling lumber for Boise Cascade. I was in wholesale lumber sales. And one day I get to my office and I just had it out with God, man. I mean, I put a towel under my door. I sounded like a crazy person to everybody else in my office, but 
I'm a passionate person. And I don't care who sees it. And I was just like, God, well, I'm here. I'm yours. Let's roll. You know, I, I'm kind of sick of doing this myself. I don't have any direction and I need you. I need some direction. And I, on the backside of me kind of screaming at God, I send my wife an email that probably filled up four Bible pages worth of thoughts on how, you know, I was just made for more. I knew God was real. Throw some, you know, there's plenty of scripture in there. Like I knew that there was more out there for me, but I had no idea how to go get it. And I get this email back after writing four Bible pages to my wife. And she says, I agree. So naturally, I'm like, well, <laughs> you agree with what? That was long. And so I get another email back that just said more. And maybe two minutes later, you know, I mean, it was very, very quick. I was just like, yeah, more. That's great. I'm looking for clarity. You know, I already know my wife believes in me. And so like, you know, what does more mean? I'm still in this place of God. Maybe two minutes later, I get a text from my mom. It's to me and my two brothers and sisters. It says, your grandma's cancer's back and I'm going to need to help her. And I would love it if one of you kids got your real estate license and jumped into real estate. And, you know, I'll, I'll cut that story a little short, but I hated the idea of getting into real estate. Hated it. My first thought was there's no way that that is God's plan. About my second, third, fourth, fifth, and thousand thought after that was about like, this is no accident. So yeah, that was the start of my real estate journey. And I feel like from that moment, I'll say this, I can't believe I didn't even say this at the beginning, but we introduced ourselves a, a certain way in the King's Council. I'm Jared Galdi. I'm a faithful and courageous leader who takes God at his word and is obedient whenever he calls. Yes, you are. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So that obedience kind of started, you know, not kind of, that obedience started that day where it's just like, oh, okay, so so I'm getting into real estate, you know? I went into my boss's office, put in a uh, put in my notice uh, pretty quick. I'd been there a decade. I put in my notice and got my real estate license in 19 days. I sold my first house the day after I got my license. And I would say that progression led me through a lot of things. And looking back on it now, there was a lot of things that still didn't add up. I was still in this place where I was going where God called me, but I was just frustrated at every turn. In my opinion, a great real estate agent is a financial counselor, a marriage coach, a life coach, Sometimes they need to teach you how to tie your shoes. There's a lot of things that a real estate agent does where I didn't necessarily feel called to do that in the Pacific Northwest, you know, with the 30 somethings that I was helping get into debt. So I was really struggling with what that looked like. So I really was just like as fast as I can get out of being an agent and into the business of real estate, which in my opinion is an investments and building like yourself. I wanted to get into the business side of it rather than the agent sales side of it. So I really poured into that. In 2014, I was... I was serving at church like crazy and, and frankly, kind of dragging my family through the mud a little bit where I was doing some real estate. And like I said, I was kind of frustrated with that. I was doing some real estate. I had some good years, but 2014 was a year that I had just a, I was, like I said, I was dragging my family through the mud. I was serving at church like crazy and I wasn't making very much money. And I, I you know, I was wondering still what that calling was. So I said, here, my little vision, which I think is crazy where it's gone now was I'm going to show these people at church that I can still serve here this much. I can still sing. I can still serve on the board. I can still do all of that stuff, but I can be a financial blessing to this place. I'm going to go make passive income in real estate investments so that I can serve a church. And that, that little vision in 2014 has now turned into, we buy properties in 13 states. I help coach other people in other states. We, we raise capital and we house recovering addicts in all of our houses. So we we buy houses and we lease them out to a nonprofit who's the best in the world at helping recovering addicts get their lives back on track. So to think of what God has done with, you know, with a little seed that could is pretty amazing in this season of life. And now I'm just 
pumped to see where he takes the intentionality in the next 10 years. Dude, I love that, man. And I love your story, man. I, I've, I've been able to hear that a couple of times now by the grace of God and just to understand your why behind your drive and what it is that makes you one of the driven few. And I know that you're one of those dudes that doesn't like to toot your own horn. So I think we should maybe take a step back and really dive into what it is that you do now based on your expertise. And I know that not only from uh, some of your financial success, but man, your skill set and your heart to be able to help serve those, even people that aren't aligned in a coaching program that you're associated with. I've seen it and been around multiple times where somebody just randomly, oh, you're a real estate guy? Oh, what do you think about this? Or what What would I do with this? And then all of a sudden, here comes Jared just, when I say over the top, Jared over the top, because that's your heart. And I I relate to that. You, you said you, you introduced yourself as a passionate person. And then one of the things I remember first meeting you, dude, is, I align with that. Like that dude's going to tell you how super you are or how not, but there's not going to be any gray area with that. And I, I respect that. And I think in part, man, that goes a long way with what you do with what it is that you do. And I don't want to marginalize being a father because you know, that's on my heart. And there's a lot of us that are, that are maybe dads, but aren't necessarily quite, quite to the father that we want to be. Same thing with a husband, certainly not marginalizing that, but what you do with the ability to take those things and keep them in place. And as we talked about, grow your business, as you just mentioned, 13 states. It's presumptuous of me to know what your travel schedule is, but I know what your travel schedule is because I'm connected with you and I see you on social. So like you're in an airplane more than I'm in my truck. And anybody that knows me knows that, I mean, dude, I rip podcasts from my truck. So like there's that. (laughs) <laughs> so I'd be curious to see, just kind of talk a little to the audience about, A, how you juggle that. And then B, and equally as importantly, your scope of work, you are aligned with a very large private equity firm that buy and hold single family investments for a cause that I think is just amazing. It's not all about the dollar. It's it's about the ability to help other people kind of go from A to B. So that may be a secondary question, but man, let's dive in with a little bit about your structure and order because a lot of the folks that listen to this are obviously, you know, four quarter daily guys. This, this is pieces that they do. So how do you juggle that? How do you get in a plane eight days out of a week and then find time to do that with family and then still maintain coaching? Because that's another thing we haven't talked about as well is, is in addition to that success is something is finding time to be able to grow your business to where you can sow and serve what's on your heart. So I know that's like 14 questions, brother, that I just dumped on you, but uh, I'll give you a little bit to marinate on. <laughs> well, I can I can dissect that, bro. Firstly and simply how I juggle it all is because I love with all my heart. And I know that about myself. I love my wife and my kids so much. And Bet has done so much for me, including praying for me for a decade to find God. I love them so much that I have to be intentional about loving on them. I have to be intentional about being a father, in my opinion, because I'm looking around the world and intentionality in that regard is missing. There's complacency everywhere and I refuse to be complacent. So that's where it, that's where it really starts as a mindset of I am unwilling to get to the end of my life and live in a mansion without my wife there. You know, I'm unwilling to say that I didn't put everything I could into my kids so that they have the shop in life that I do. You know, I'm unwilling to do those things. So it starts with a mindset. I feel like everything is a mindset game and that kind of leads into to my work. Whereas I say we're, we're unemotional about numbers so that we can be emotional about people. 
And I truly feel like that's the basis for our business is that we are unemotional about that. So each time that something, say something new comes up, uh, how I juggle all that is I look at it and I build a system around it. And then I make sure that we're sharpening a system. I don't just willy nilly start things and do things. If there's something to be done, I make a system around it and make sure it's going to fit into my life. I know what comes first. I know that my family comes first. I do care there's zeros in my bank account because in my opinion, it's very expensive to be the good Samaritan, but that is very, very much secondary to my family. And that's really, really the gist of it is, is mindset. And you might be right. I might be in a plane more than most people in their trucks. It's been, uh, it's been a ride these last couple of years. That's a great answer, man. Two of the words that I want to highlight based on what you just said is intentionality and system. I mean, and anybody that knows me, follows me on social media, system and structure, that's obviously my thing. But you combine system and structure, and I know that you do. There was an exercise or something that we had on a Zoom call one time, man. I swear it was in like 48 hours later, and you had this whole like inner working spreadsheet that was like color coordinated. And like, yeah, dude, this is what I was going to do here. And this is what I was going to do there. But like, as an that ROI guy, dude, that respects numbers with time, every minute of every hour of every day is structured for me. And that's not to like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this like robotic. Admittedly, it was that way when I first started to figure out like, hey, how am I going to take myself to the next level of my businesses? I just don't have the time to do that. And then figure out how to be able to be a family man. Good luck with that. But I've, I've been able by the grace of God to systematize and, and to provide structure to be able to give myself parameters of when to go on and off in this capacity, on and off in business, on and off in family, on and off in whatever, and whatever my respective goal is. And I see you doing the same thing. Maybe it's not necessarily articulated into an exact four quarter structure, but I know that with what it is that you do with your time traveling and then being able to be present. When I say present, I don't mean like, Hey, I'm home and I'm on the phone. Like, hey, I'm present with my boys and I'm present with Beth. And then, you know, you also find time to be able, one of the things I admire about you do, I think it's so cool is I know that there's been times you've been traveling, looking around real estate on an acquisition of a house or two, whatever. And I think the last one was even in Southern Indiana, Kentucky. I think you, we were looking to meet up there and you had Beth with you. And just, I thought, man, that's so cool. The ability that, hey, as an entrepreneur, you got options. I mean, and the reality of the situation is, is in my opinion, is my belief. There are some people that have very succinct, clear, concise, this is what I want, when I want, and why I want it. But for most entrepreneurs, and I know I'm segueing off of that a little bit, myself included, I want options. I don't know what I want, but when I want it, I want it. that's what I want. And I want it when I want and how I want it. And then, you know, basically like a little kid that wants what I want type deal. But to be able to systematize and structure to create options to where you have the ability to facilitate what's on your heart in terms of your work. And enroll and engage your wife while you can do that at the same time on that trip. Like, dude, that's ninja level. So honor and respect to you, man. I know that I got a little bit of tangent there, but you start saying like words like system and structure for me, like, oh, it gets me all all kinds of crazy excited. (laughs) One of the things that I did want to segue into, man, is really talk about, oh, you had a cool little saying there, like, we don't stress about the money so we can stress about, I know, I just bombed it all over that. Go ahead and say that again, dude. We're unemotional about numbers so we can be emotional about people. Yeah, I wasn't even close, but somewhat close. <laughs> Tell me about the people component, man. What is what is that, bro? How does that work? Yeah, the people component. So we, like I said, we house recovering addicts in our places. And I mean, that's that's a place where my heart is. I mean, if you look around, I feel like without getting into any sort of politics or anything, if you look around our world, there are all sorts of problems that we need to focus on. And for me, God highlighted this one. I think addiction is so rampant in our society, addiction to even 
it's at the most basic levels, addiction to technology, addiction to, you know, whatever it is. But this opioid crisis, which you're, you know, you've had Christian on your podcast. He's a brother. You know, this opioid crisis has torn apart a lot of cities and a lot of our country. And so the emotional part of that is we've aligned with what I believe by the numbers is the best in the world at helping people get structure and order and systems back in their life where they can figure it. I mean, at the most basic level, people need to relearn that they got to brush their teeth every day. You know, there's a lot of things you need to relearn if you've lived on the streets and been addicted to drugs and alcohol. And the people component, I absolutely love that somehow, some way, God has an impact. Right now, we have 260 individuals living in our houses. And the goal is a thousand beds as quick as we can get there. But I love that by the numbers, those 260 beds, by the numbers, that's going to be 200 people that never use drugs again, because we were able to buy them a house for them to live in. And we're able to keep the houses nice, man. I mean, you when you hear addiction recovery houses, you might be thinking some halfway house in the ghetto, something like that. That is far from what we do. We buy gorgeous houses. I mean, the most recent acquisition that uh, that we just had was a, was a custom-built home. It's 4,900 square feet. A doctor built it in Rockford, Illinois. The place is absolutely gorgeous. It's on three quarters of an acre in an amazing neighborhood, and it's going to house 10 men recovering from addiction. And we love on them. We do everything we can to love on them. And now we're working on a system to what I call sneaky Jesus, to where we love on them, you know, period. But at the same time, I want them to know there's a God who loves them and, you know, ready to save them. So it's multifaceted. We hired from within the nonprofit we work with that, you know, Todd says he owes his life to the organization. And we we just love on them, you know, every which way we can. And that unemotional part about that and the emotional part about people, both of those things are very, very real. And I loved bringing my wife on that trip you're talking about, man, to answer that as well. I loved bringing her on that trip because, I mean, one house in Louisville, Kentucky sticks out from that trip where we walk upstairs and I've seen the impact I love on people. It hit me that I feel like when I first found this organization, Todd brought this house to me. Well, that's probably a little segue you want to hear about too. Mondays in my business is service day. I'll take five people in my phone that I'm just going to give to them. That's what, some way, shape, or form I'm going to give to them. So that Monday, that fateful Monday, I called my friend Andrea and was like, hey, I'm going to bring your office some lunch or I can run some numbers for you. You know, how can I serve you? I'll give her options, right? And she's like, well, actually, I got this, I have this house that this, this nonprofit wants to look at. And I'm not kidding you, dude. It was, I was blown away. It was my hometown, Marysville, Washington, where I grew up since I was born there and raised there. And I live 20 minutes from there now. I was like, okay. You're going to have to explain this to me, bro. You want me to buy a custom-built 4,000-square-foot house with an epic view of the Puget Sound, uh, like a house that I wouldn't even buy my wife right now. Uh, you want me to buy this house, and I, the mayor is a friend of mine, and he lives right down the street, and you want me to buy this house, and you're going to move drug addicts into it? Like, you make, you know, make sense of that for me. And so from where I went in this mindset of like, mm, I'm not putting drug addicts next to the mayor's house to where... Dude, I'm not, I'm not joking. The Todd says, I want you to meet the core member of your house. This house is going to be a women's house. We decided to buy that one, obviously, looking back on this. He was like, I want you to meet the core member of this house. And so I'm like, cool. You know, we were doing some work in the garage and, and working on some things. And the core member of the house shows up and it was my prom date. I had this preconceived notion of like, mm, you know, drug addicts are moving in here. 
but it was my prom date, Amy, who came up and I'm like, Amy, you know, how you doing? And um, I had this preconceived notion of who was going to live in these houses. And then it was like, no, there's people that live here, people that need your help that live here. That's, you know, that's what's about to happen. And so from that day, I've realized that like they're, they are people who need love and structure and order and things in place that help them level up. And we're watching cool stories of that happening all over the country now. But uh, yeah, yeah, we love on them. That's how, that's how that goes. And to finish that story, Bet when she went to Louisville, Kentucky with me, man, it hit me that she hadn't really been in one of our houses yet. And I was like, babe, we're going on this trip. It was actually, it was actually her birthday. So she, uh, she was loving on me by going with me. And then I treated her to, to a, to a fun weekend in Nashville after that. But she went into this, into this house in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a 150 year old house, you know, brick row house, downtown Louisville. And she was blown away. You go into the house and everybody's got their space and they, you know, they, you, sometimes they double up in rooms, um, uh, in California, they triple up in rooms because they have to, but sometimes they'll double up in rooms. And these two gals had, you know, they're probably, one's a little older, probably in her 50s, and one's probably, you know, my age, 30s, late 30s. And they they both are sharing this one tiny bedroom upstairs in this house. And they were so excited to be there, man. Bet hadn't seen that before. They're just like so excited to show Bet. Oh, look at this. We found this at the thrift shop. You know, we're so excited to live here. You know, thank you guys so much for what you do. You know, and they're they're explaining that. Well, Bet's just in tears as we're walking out of the house. Like she didn't, she didn't necessarily see the impact of these, these girls were talking about. I mean, they lived, they lived on the streets and then they got into treatment. They started the process. And you don't really live in one of our houses right outside of the streets. It's not how that uh how that necessarily goes. It's kind of a graduate house to get your life back in order. But Bet hadn't really seen the emotional side of that. And these two gals were, you know, were doing great. They had they had jobs. They pay for their own way. You have to pay for your own way to live in one of these houses. And that that trip was super impactful to Bet. I think she's been an amazing support system the entire the entire way. She loves me even when I'm unlovable, and she's been an amazing support system. But for her to to get that emotional side and to see the impact they were actually having in these houses was profound. That's good, dude. It's awesome, man. I can see that too as well. For those of you, I know most of you that don't know Jared, I've also seen and heard you actually go into the houses and not only handle the numbers and the, drive the business on the back end, also the front end, but also be present when understanding this. And I know you're not going to be able to manage and lead 200 relationships, but being able to have intentionality to be able to be a part of that man honor respect to you dude that's that's a very very strong why on a segue here before we land the plane man and i know something that you've been really kind of steamrolling maybe over the past i don't want to put a timeline over easily the past year or so is really the education of kind of where the market is kind of where you know i'm not going to ask you where the market is going because nobody really has a crystal ball and i suspect i already know your response to that but i say that to say the coaching aspect of educating clients, you know, you want to share a little bit about that, kind of what's on your heart. And the last thing is, is, you know, if, and when someone wants to be able to connect with you, you know, how the heck do we get a hold of you, brother? Awesome. Yeah. I, I love the coaching side. I feel like God's brought me through so much strategy in real estate. It's just a vast world. And I feel like people can lose focus real fast because you start learning and you start diving into what real estate investment looks like. And, you know, it's, 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 
it's more than drinking from a fire hose. You're really getting started and trying to figure out your direction and, and all those things. I love coaching guys on, you know, what's in your hand and where do you want to go and working goal oriented backwards. Really where I'm talking to people where the market's at, and you were right, you do know where my head's at on this. But in my opinion, if somebody is telling you they know where the market is going right now, they're doing one of two things. They're either lying to you or they're trying to sell you something or both. Because this is, we've heard, how many times have we heard unprecedented since COVID hit? But this is real. In my opinion, money is in the process of changing. Our country has been in the process of changing. The world is in the process of changing. Everything is moving faster than it ever has before. And nobody has a real clue of where the real estate market's going. I think indicators would continue to point where we're pretty safe right now and insulated. But if anybody's telling you they know where it's going, they're lying to you. And and I love, 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 like I said, to just dissect personal relationships in regards to real estate. I love the idea of every entrepreneur knowing what their real estate life looks like. And so I love to dive in with people and say, you know, who are you? Where do you want to go? What do you have in your hand? And then like, let's dissect that, get a plan and start laying down the tracks and get you moving in a direction. So love it, man. I think the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably just Instagram. It's Jared Galdi on Instagram. I don't have a fancy text number like Steve. So uh, just, just hit me up on the Instagram. i also don't get as many messages as Steve, so I'll answer them. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me Jared, at Jared Galdi on Instagram. Awesome. Galdi is G-A-L-D is in David, E is in Edward. One quick question I had for you, man, that, that came to the top of my head, and I think it might it might behoove a couple of people, some of the listeners on here. Let's say for that consumer or that individual that maybe came out of last year, the year before, the past couple of years, to a couple of good business years, by the grace of God. And I know good is subjective to perspective, and obviously there's the COVID piece, and I'm certainly not marginalizing that. But from a cash flow perspective, where someone's organization is more favorable as of late than they have been previously, and they're looking to get into the real estate arena, or maybe not even specifically the real estate arena. They're just like, hey, I've got money. What do I do with it? The stock market seems to be good, but could be volatile. If I turn on any news station, what do I do? And I say that, and I ask that because my own, and I'll say this, I'll preface this, my own personal belief system is that most every business is in the real estate arena. And if they're not, they should be. I think that the cash flow and the funds should be utilized as a tool to be able to leverage the acquisition of real estate. And that's obviously near and dear to my heart. That's really what it is that I do as well. But that stated, great, Al. Awesome. How do I start? What do I do to get into that? What do we do? How do you help the neophyte? Someone that just says, hey, man, I have X amount of funds. I'm not going to be a $200,000 or a 2 million player, but I have some cash flow that I feel comfortable with investing. I really just don't know how to start. Like, what do I do? Yeah. I think every business is a relationship business. So every business is a relationship business. And I agree with you. Every business should be a real estate business. So what I would say is that it's such a vast world, you know, focus on, you know, focus on what you're interested in and what you may be interested in. You know, it's also a what's in your hand situation. This person has had, had a good couple business years. You don't want to lose focus on that business. So that's why I would say leverage relationships, find people in the, in the realm of where you want to go. who already know the stuff you want to know and cut down that window. You know, I'm a big fan of paying for coaches. I think one thing that sticks out me looking back on my career is I remember one conversation 
Uh, early on, I'm like, dang, can I can I pay this guy 2,500 bucks a month or whatever it is to, to coach me or whatever that looks like? One conversation, I made $100,000 a year for the rest of my life. Like, do you think that's worth $2,500? I do. So obviously you don't, you, you know, vet the gurus and vet the BS that's out there, uh, but make a real connection with somebody who is a player in the arena you want to get in and figure out your entry point. That's all there is to it. There is an entry point, but you're not going to find it without knowing somebody who's already entered it. Man, so what I'm hearing you say is identify what you really want to niche down in and then figure out what you need to do to align yourself with someone who's a subject matter expert within that as it relates to be able to bring value add to their life, whether that's in the form of compensation through monetary or coaching or assist and serve them in any way to be able to learn. Huh, man, if only there was like options for that. It's amazing. I'm kidding, man. I'm being facetious. That's that is uh, that's a great point, man. And that, that I say that out loud that way because there was a time in my life where it was like, man, I'm not going to pay any man, woman, female, anybody any information that I can get offline. Or I'll just work harder, faster. Blah blah blah. We all know that story. So I love the way that you articulated that, man. Any other closing words? Anything, man, that's left on your mind or your heart for our audience? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, man, I just want to I want to honor you before we leave here. You've been a big blessing in my life and and just seeing how you operate, bro. Like just seeing how you operate and seeing it up close. When I get to town, you know, last night I get a text and you're like, you know, where are you doing the King's Council call? I'm like, I'm just going to go back to my hotel. Some people might be like, well, you know, you might, if you want to come over, like maybe you could or something. No, Al's like, absolutely not. You are in my hometown. I'm ordering steak. I'll see you at the office. So I love your intentionality, man. I just plain love you. So honor you for who you are, what you mean in my life, what you mean in the King's Council and coaching all of us. I love you, bro. That's that's it. I received that, brother. Love to you and the fam, man, as well. Awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate everyone for tuning in again. Uh, this was my brother, Jared Galdi, G-A-L-D-E. Uh, if you, most of you follow me on Instagram, social, uh, we can connect. I can connect you with Jared there as well. So if you love this as much as I know you did, go ahead and do the best that you can to share with every single human being that you know. And if you don't feel like doing that, we'll take a 10-star review. And if you can't figure out how to do a 10-star review, we'll go ahead and take five. All right. Appreciate you, fam. We'll see you around on the next one. Love you guys. We'll see you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Driven View with Al Hamid. If you love what you heard, and I know that you did, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave us that 10-star review. All right, if you can't find 10, we will gladly accept that five-star review. You can also connect with me, Al Hamid, on both Instagram and Facebook. Al Hamid, H-A, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, D is in Diesel. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and like.